0: Hey, everybody, welcome to a cool episode of Back to School with Major Brani. Today, we have Professor Andrea Jones Roy. She's an amazing person. She is someone who is a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. She's here today to talk to us, first of all, about her podcast called Majoring in Everything. It's a podcast where she talks to people who do a lot of stuff and don't focus just on one thing secondly she's here today to tell us that it's okay to be okay just take it easy stop pressuring your kids to be number one at one thing only it's okay to be okay and lastly she's here today to tell us if you ever have to eat fire make sure you hold it perpendicular to your mouth before you put it in or else you're gonna catch yourself on fire that and more right now i'm back to school with majo, Brani. majo Brani. Hey! hey. Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast, Back to School with Maz Brani. This is my co-host, Tehran. How are you, T? Well, I am excellent. Having a good day. How are you? I'm good. Now, when I say my podcast, I say our podcast, because this is our podcast, and Tehran and I are excited because I think Teron and I definitely connect on the idea of being good at a lot of different things and at times wanting to maybe focus and like Tehran and I are constantly talking about business ideas, being able to play an instrument, learning yeah. a language, all of that stuff.
1: We're not doing any of the things. We're just talking
0: about them, but hey, at least we're talking, at least we're talking we're talking about and today we got uh andrew jones roy who went out and she's not just a professor in statistics and political science she's also an acrobat who Mm. does fire eating and trapeze stuff uh, trapeze work and she's a comedian yeah but she doesn't just put her toe in it she's actually doing it doing it and so it's very interesting tehran if there were one other thing you could actually add to your repertoire
1: and get really good at it, what would it be? I would play instruments. So things that I would love to do. I, these are the things I would love to do. I would love to play instruments. I would love to speak more languages and I would love to be artistic in the painting sense. Like I'm not a very good painter, artistic person in that manner. I would love to have those things under my belt as well.
0: I'm with you on everything. except the painting, I'm bad at painting, but I don't need to learn it. You don't care. Yeah, but but, I mean, it'd be good for my brain. But the fact is, we all have these a lot of people I have friends who during the pandemic started to do like even our buddy Bassem Youssef started learning the piano, right? I have another friend who started learning a song on the piano. He started learning some languages. And I think in the back of our minds, everybody, people listening to this right now, they always go, I'll have time it'll oh, i'll do it next week i'll do it next year and then you turn 50 and you haven't done it so you really if you really want to do i think pick them off one at a time if you really want to learn the language get into it if you really want to learn the instrument go on youtube and learn a song just learn one song i think the key is to lessen the pressure of thinking oh i need to be the guy at the party who's going to be like elton john just playing 50 songs no no one song jam a little bit. Call it a day. And then hopefully you'll want to go into the next song. Um, but I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to myself. Really, what, Would you
1: case. rather be good at a bunch of things or a mate, like super excellent at one thing? You could be like decently good at a bunch of things or amazing at one particular thing. I and- think... I think decently
0: good at a lot of things because I think comedians, I think stand-up comedians are decently good at a lot of a lot of standup comedians are like pretty good at instruments and they're pretty good at, you know, the acting and they're pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. And then we get to bring that all on stage and pull a little bit from this, pull a little bit from that, and then create this act. Mm. Because if you want to be an amazing musician, you gotta sit there and really put in years and years of learning that guitar and jamming. But in comedy, I think you go, Oh, I pick up the guitar for you know, few months, and I know a few chords. So I'll bring it on stage and do a funny song with four chords. You know, I've always thought that with comedians, although then we get really good at stand up. That's what we really get good at, because we get on stage all the time. Mm. So yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting to talk to Professor uh, Andrew Jones Roy. And I think she'll inspire some people to pursue some of the dreams and some of the things that they've wanted to do that they've set aside because she's doing it. So um, we're gonna get and talk to her in a second. Tehran, where do people find you? At I am Tehran all across the board. And I am at Maz Jobrani. Let us know what you think of the show. Tell your friends about the show. Send me a message on Instagram. Send me a message on Twitter. Let me know if you like this episode. And we're counting on you to help us spread the word. Get the word out. And Tehran and I are on tour, mazjobrani.com. With that, uh, without further ado, let's go talk now to Professor Andrea Jones Roy I'm Back to School with Maz <laughs>
2: back
0: to school andrew jones roy thank you for joining us on back to school with maz jobrani how are you today
2: i am great i'm glad to be here thanks for having me excited to go to school
1: may i just say something maz i'm so sorry uh (laughs) andrea is an amazing person but also serial killer vibes that meat cleaver in the back are we all just gonna ignore the background of the meat cleaver so if you're listening to this only on uh, audio or iTunes or something. You need to go to the video and look <laughs> at the backgrounds. Our videos are even better. So it's make so sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's I was, great. I was thinking knowing that you're a jack of all trades that, that was that you're a, a meat cleaver thrower as right. well. Right. That's what I was thinking.
2: I mean, I do it for juggling practice and to intimidate podcast hosts when I, when I speak. Amazing. So, and Amazing. just to keep Smart. your audience in their place as we go. Like, this is what's behind me. So, yeah, yeah, if, you if you
0: don't like your questions, just tell us. We got yeah. you. We
2: yeah, know good. it. So,
0: I, I, uh, I showed your uh, stuff to Dara, my son Dara, and here is his question.
2: All right, let's Hold see.
0: On. Okay.
2: Hi, Professor Jones Roy. I have a question for you What are the cons of being good at everything?
0: The cons of being good at everything.
2: Oh, I thought you said, what are the cause? And I was like, being naturally con- gifted, <laughs> charming. <Yeah. laughs> what are the cons? This is a really good question. Thank you to your son. Almost all of it is a con, I would say, because you are constantly feeling like you're not doing enough. You tend to not be that great at everything, right? The whole master of none, that part is true. You know, I can talk more about the benefits, but I like a podcast that starts off with the negative. So this really is speaking (laughs) to me. Uh, you feel a lot of like, you know, like it's not that like I'm good at everything, but like I I pick things up pretty fast, but that means I lose interest in them pretty fast, and I don't have any expertise in anything. And I worry that I will get to the end of my life and think, oh, I just kind of futzed around with some cool stuff. What did I build? You can't build a house if you're playing with sand and bricks and chocolate cake and whatever else a terrible analogy
0: but listen the (laughs) truth be told you are a master of something i mean you got your phd in something that's not a joke i mean i i dropped out of a phd program specifically because of (laughs) what yeah because of exactly what you're talking about which is i was also a jack of all trades and i wanted to do this i wanted to do that i wanted to do this but then finally i found my thing i wanted to master which was my stand-up comedy right so as Tehran knows I am a jack of all trades. I'll sing a, I'll sing a little tune here or there. I'll uh, go out and play a little bit of soccer. I'll uh, go run five miles, all of the above. But I did pick something to become mm. really good at and right. as did you, right?
2: Well, that's the thing is that I'm jealous of you and Tehran, given your law school, I'm curious where this landed for you as well. But I, I finished my PhD program and I thought now I'm committed And then I started stand-up comedy two years later because I got bored and distracted. And then when I got into stand-up comedy, I thought, this is it. This is the end-all, be-all. And then five years later, I was like, you know what I miss? I miss science and this and that. And so I do a mix of them all now. But I'm jealous of people like you because I feel like for a long time in my life, I felt like I was one decision or discovery away from finding my stand-up comedy. I mean, I thought circus was that for me. I do trapeze and fire. and, And for a while, that was it. I spent six months doing figure skating as an adult. That's a waste of everyone's time, right? But I find a new thing and I think this is the thing, but I can't stick with it. And I love stand-up comedy, but I also have to be okay with the fact that I'm not gonna get to the level I would like to get to if I'm not willing to give up these other things. And so far I haven't been willing to give them up.
0: Now, not to add to your confusion, but if you thought about going into psychology to find out (laughs) what is your (laughs) psychology and why are you kind of all over the place?
2: Well, I I haven't. Other than, I do have a therapist I torture on a regular basis. Uh, I pay her to listen to, to all. You're not getting paid by me, but uh, but she is, and it's very similar <laughs> sorts of questions. Uh, the closest otherwise has been I was on a talk show in China, not to brag, and they had me come on to talk about what it's like to do multiple different things that are seemingly unrelated. And I was all excited to do that, and then they brought another person on without telling me who was a psychologist. And his job was to, in real time on this show, diagnose me with like what was wrong with me. Like I was completely duped on this thing. It was a very Jerry Springer sort of thing. And basically he said, oh, you're running away from some deep problems that you don't want to confront by just staying busy all the time. And I was Ooh. like, commercial break, man. What, what's this? This is not right. So wow. I'm sure I could dig up the clip if you want uh, to watch me fall apart on live TV.
0: I like that you're running away from things. That's mm-hmm. why you can't. Fo- well, now let me ask you a question. Uh, wh- what have you found? Do you find a lot of people when you tell them that you're uh, jack of all trades, master of none? Do you find that a lot of people go, "Yes, I'm like that"? Mm. And then, are you a a, a source of um, comfort for them to realize it's okay to be mm. a jack of all trades?
2: That's a great question. I spent most of my life either not telling people or apologizing. And it's taken a number of forms, but the big ones in, or in heavy rotation are like the science academic side of things, the circus, acrobatics, and comedy. And usually what I would do is just play up one or the other depending on who I was talking to. Only in the last five years or so, and maybe some of this was the pandemic and me sitting around just sort of stewing in my own misery as everyone was dying all around us. And I was like, I gotta do something different. I started presenting all of the things more and i have been pleasantly surprised that since i've started talking about it more and i do this podcast majoring in everything where i talk to other jacks of all trade people are coming out of the what seems to be the woodwork for me of saying oh yeah i'm like this and i discovered that you know someone i knew as a, a professional capacity has been a musician this whole time you know so it's been cool to sort of discover it by sharing it myself the only other place where i've done it before is if i'm applying for a job Sometimes, if I'm not sure about the place, I'll mention the other things I do. And if they say, awesome, yeah, and they still want to hire me, that's a pretty good litmus test that that's a good place to work. Whereas I've worked at other places where they say, I either know better than to tell them out of the gates, or if they find out about it, they're like, what are you, not serious, not this? And I'm just like, okay, this is going to be a bad fit in the long run. That I comes think, with a lot of privilege, though, and having bargaining power and blah, 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 all that
0: I stuff. think you would be a great um, advisor for immigrant kids. Hmm. Because there's a, there's a, and Tehran, correct me if I'm wrong here, immigrant kids, whether you're Iranian or Indian or Chinese or whatever, a lot of immigrant kids get pressured from their parents hmm. to, by the way, become jacks of all, some trades, meaning like mm-hmm. learn an instrument, learn the language, do karate, whatever, they want you to do all of that stuff. But most importantly, they're like, you need to become a doctor. Like, yep. I don't care. All that other stuff is good, but you have to become. So there's kind of a dichotomy of advice going on with these immigrant parents, mm-hmm. and nobody tells them it's okay to
1: be okay,
2: right? Mm. You
0: got to be best at all of it, right? Yeah. Right, Tehran. Like, did you, talk- did you talk to talk to us about that a little bit, T?
1: 100%. When, and, and I do want to just say for people who don't understand, because they'll say, Jack of all trades, master of none, the complete quote is, yes. Jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So yes. let's not negate the, the qualities of a jack of all trades, because when it comes down to it, it's a very useful skill to have. Now, I do want to say, as, an, as one immigrant parent, child, That they do expect us to be great at everything we do, but to be fair, Moz, they also don't care about half the things that uh, (laughs) Andrea is good at, right? So they're never going to be like, I hope you're good at juggling, fire eating, and acrobatics. It's like, you better be good at math, science, math, math, science, doctor, science, math. And that's, that's what they really expect you to be good at, that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, don't get a bad grade in anything. It has to be straight A. So that's a different dynamic.
0: Yeah, I think that's the bigger debate here, Andrew, because he's right. As you, you hit on a good point, Tehran. Andrew's not sitting here going like, I'm a jack of all trades, and I'm a, a PhD, and I'm also an entrepreneur who started a... Yeah. Uh, an app that's worth a billion dollars and by the way I do heart surgery and by yeah. the way I'm a concert <laughs> pianist. Exactly. Is this that, your way of saying step Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, this is my way of saying I love what you're doing and I love whoever's listening to this. I hope now some parents are saying like shut it off, don't let the kid hear it. Yeah. But I hope that the kid hears it that it's okay because talk to us about what you get out of being this scientist this this hmm. this professor who goes and does stand-up and then goes and does acrobats, acrobatics. What do you get out of stand-up and acrobatics that you don't get in the rest mm-hmm.
1: of your life? What is the list of things you're good at? by? What is the list of things that you do professionally, by the way, just to okay. have this complete list? What are Oh, okay.
2: Okay, here's the list. The list is I teach at NYU. So I teach college classes on data science. I do research on political science and like censorship in authoritarian countries, uh, which is very cheerful. I do consulting with companies, so like Fortune 500 and like tech startups and and scale-ups on how to do people analytics. I'm putting that in a heavy air quotes because they're nauseating words, but uh, basically use data to do things like decide who to hire, who to promote, how to understand engagement, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do stand-up comedy. I do a podcast uh, called Majoring in Everything where I talk to other people like me and it sounds like you both. Uh, (laughs) And... uh, and potentially these immigrant kids who were were affecting, whose lives maybe were ruining, I'm not sure, maybe their parents have a point. Uh, and I do circus, uh, which means I perform something called dance trapeze, which is a trapeze that spins instead of swings. Uh, and I do fire, I do something called fire fans, which are these huge fans that you set on fire and you wave around, they look awesome. And I do fire eating, so you put fire on a stick and you eat it and I do those for shows at like cabarets and dinner theaters and stuff like that.
0: Okay, before we go, I'm just, I'm curious, how long do you have to, um I'm dedicate to learn to mm. eat fire and spin on a trapeze. I'm just curious because I know yeah. how long you have to put into stand-up. How yeah. long do you have to take to be good at eating fire?
2: Okay. I'm gonna make some circus people mad because I'm gonna give away some of our secrets. Eating fire is the easiest thing that I do. What? Trapeze, trapeze takes a while. You kind of, you know, it's same with stand-up. You're gonna suck for a long time and you have to get the details and the form and the body and all this. Like that's tough to do really well. Fire. I learned, I was working at a circus themed nightclub in China and they were, I was doing aerial and they were like, we need you to do something else. We're sick of this. Was, okay. And so someone was like, I'll teach you how to do fire. And literally you practice with, it's, it's kind of like a marshmallow on a stick. It's not a marshmallow. It's like, it's like a wick, but that's what it looks like. And you set it, you put it in a uh, lighter fluid and you set it on fire. And so you practice a few times where it's not on fire and then you put it on fire and you put it in your mouth and that's it. You it basically there's burn? no like middle ground. You just yeah. How does from, it like, not
1: burn your mouth?
2: It's not on fire. To it's on fire. So the trick is, and this is the part that'll make everyone mad, is you're going exactly perpendicular to your mouth. So it's a little bit of physics in the sense that it doesn't actually touch your mouth. You close your mouth around it, uh, uh, denying air to the fire, which causes it to go out. So Whoa. if you do it right, it doesn't touch your mouth. It's a little but, bit hot.
1: But then like, when you pull it out, it's still on fire,
2: right? No, but one you, thing you can do, it gets a little bit phallic, right? You can kind of, like, put it in and take it out. Put it in and take it in a kind of, like, thing. But eventually, you usually put it out with your mouth. But it's and, as long as you, the fire is going perfectly up and you are perfectly vertical, it will never touch your mouth. I do it wrong all the time, so, yes, I burn myself. If you, But if you're doing it right, you don't get burned.
0: Wait, so, so it can't touch any, like, you, like right. you got to pull your tongue back in it, right? Like, you get, it just right. open your mouth as big as possible. Ah, ah, well, you... You can, if I'm wrong, you're not supposed to have 150 proof alcohol in your mouth at that time,
2: right? <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. Though people will do that with like, it's. I think it's super dangerous. I mean, eating fire is dangerous too. I was told once it's like smoking an entire pack of cigarettes every time you do it, right? It's not good. Yeah. Uh, but people do fire breathing, which I do not do, which is you fill your mouth with like lamp oil and then put the fire in and then exhale and spew it all out. I mean, it looks awesome. You can see it in, you know, Hunger Games and Greatest Show, like all these movies, people are doing it but there's no amount of money. Well, there's some amount of money they could pay me to learn how to do that. But, but the other thing is if you ever do the, like, you know, put your finger through a candle really fast and it doesn't hurt, that's a bit of it too. So you can close your mouth around it. You try not to, but like, I I guess it might touch my tongue, but it won't hurt if you put it out right away.
0: Wow. So eating fire is the easiest thing to do
1: listen as much as you say that and you felt like you were giving away secrets I guarantee you no you weren't I still listening to what you said no I'm still not gonna do it so I appreciate you you know thank you someone who's an expert at something who says no trust me it's easy it's not easy yeah it's not simple and if any of us do this by the way kids do not try this at home Do
2: not try it at home I was lucky uh, to have a teacher who knew. Yeah, what you're gonna
1: up. burn your. I mean, this it's not as easy. I, I mean, you can tell me all about all the physics in the world. I yeah. see people do parkour, <laughs> and it's oh, it's just you just jump off the building. No, yeah. I'm good. I'm yeah. good.
2: I guess let me put it this way too. When I the risk is higher for sure. Like the probability of death between eating fire versus doing stand up. Obviously, eating fire is more dangerous. So if we worked out the expected value, it's like way worse to do. But I personally feel a depends lot more depends on the
1: joke you tell. depends on yeah. the talk. well, exactly.
2: So I'm a lot more nervous when I go on stage for stand-up because first of all, it's an assessment of like my personality and what I think is funny. And I think it hurts more to do poorly on stage at stand-up than to slightly burn my gum line and not be able to drink coffee that's hot for a few days. Like I, that's just where my preferences land, you know? So I'm more nervous when I do stand-up than when I do this, but I take your point that it's like you, you're more likely to die again, depending on what you do comedy about. Uh, well, well when the, you
0: burn your when you burn your mouth, you can go and get some, you know, yeah. different medications and it takes time and it heals yeah. when you die on yeah. stage. It doesn't <laughs> heal because constantly going like, how did I? What did I, why did I do? That? Yeah, <laughs> how many and, how many times a week do you get on stage? I'm curious mm, to do standing?
2: Yeah, probably like six or seven. I would say that's
0: that's what I I tell people I got to get on stage five to 10 times a week for five to 10 years and then you'll be pretty good. Yeah, so 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 you're putting in the time for stand up you're putting in the time you obviously fire eating was easy, no problem. Yeah, You put in the time how long did it take to become an acrobat uh, doing the, the trapeze stuff.
2: I mean i've been doing versions of it for 20 years so forever.
0: So you're putting in the time. So I have a couple of, things. first of all, how do you yep. find it to somebody who goes, I want to be a Jack of all truth. I sit there, Tehran. I were talking about just yesterday. I go, I want to learn the piano I want to play the guitar, all that. Yeah. How do you find the time?
2: I don't have any friends and, or I don't have friends that I see or do anything with honestly. And uh, otherwise you just have to like force yourself to commit to things and not sit very still for very long, which goes back to that guy who accused me of running from, my own mind, which is probably what's going on. But mainly that's it. My social life is, and I'm sure you're, you're comic. So, you know, as well, like my social life is going to comedy clubs and who I see there. That's the fun that I have. My friends go out to dinner. I don't go, I go and hang out with the, you know, barkers on the street and that sort of thing.
0: Okay, so that's so pretty
2: much the sacrifice. And yeah. I disappoint everybody. And that's where the frustration, the con going back to your son's great question is I, I know that I'm not, I have to be okay with not putting in as much time as everybody around me. And that's been very, very, very difficult to deal with. And I only in the last, I mean, I sound like I have, you know I've decided this and I'm proud of it. It's like in the last year that I was like, oh, maybe this is a good thing that I'm doing and not something to be ashamed of. Because every time I go exactly. to stand up- Yeah.
1: Exactly.
2: Every, yeah. Like every time I go to stand up, I'm like, I'm going you know, six to seven times a week, but everyone around me is doing 20 right? You know, there's no limit in New York state. The same is true for circus. The same is true for, so I constantly, you have to not compare yourself to others or you'll lose your mind.
1: But my thing is, I want you to understand Andrea, do not feel guilty. If they're your real friends, they will understand your lack of social commitment. They will understand because that's the sacrifice of greatness. Mm. It looks great on TV, just like a music video looks great. And people listen to a song and they don't realize when Drake makes a song that's three minutes long. It didn't take him three minutes to make it, right? It took all that time and all that commitment. And I often say this to people because especially in uh, relationships, you know, girls always want to date Drake until they're actually dating Drake. And then they hate Drake for being Drake. He's busy. (laughs) Andrea's busy. Andrea is busy eating fire, doing acrobatics. Juggling, spinning on things, and then learning how to walk and balance because that's constant practice that you need. Mm. Doing stand up, which is actually the most difficult of all the things that you do Mm -hmm. because it's something that, even with all the practice you make, as you said, it's an assessment on your character Mm -hmm. every time you go on stage. People are so afraid of rejection, Mm -hmm. right? People are so afraid of rejection, they don't go and hit on girls or hit on guys or whatever it is. We get rejected a thousand times. Every single day, whether it's an audition or on stage mm-hmm. or getting not booked for a show, whatever it is. And we have to create that ability to handle it. Yeah. And people can't even handle being told no on a monthly basis. They, yeah. just, they lose their mind. So that's why I think that sacrifice for greatness, when you look at a lot of the greats and their personal lives, they're not always the best. But when you look at their statues, you're always impressed.
2: Right. Well, I, this is probably, I'm so glad you said that because I'm, I'm going to feel less bad the next time a friend says, when are you free? And I just don't answer. I mean, I could be nice. You're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're not
1: free. You're not free. That's the thing they have to understand. You're not free. That's the whole point is you're not yeah. free. So if you don't call every day and they're like, yeah. what? It's like, you're, I don't even talk to my parents. Right. Every day. Like I, I can't. So right. I understand it looks like, they're handling multiple things, right? But yeah. you need your focus. That creative focus is a constant thing. It's a constant flow. And it's like being a business owner because mm-hmm. you own your own business. Mm-hmm. You own a McDonald's, except the difference is you're the <laughs> yeah. manager. You're the drive through girl. You're the janitor. You're the cook. You're yep. the chef. You're the cashier. You're everything at once. Now, how much time do you have free?
2: Right. Right, and you're so right. I was just saying this to a friend. I was like, people I barely know are like, let's hang, let's get a drink. It's like, I haven't seen my brother in a year. Exactly, so. <laughs> you know, exactly. I'm, like, I'm gonna see you. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna replay all of this uh, every morning just so I'm like, this is what I have to do. Yeah, do That's not feel guilty for it. Right, That's thanks. a good point. I, I, I
0: tend to sometimes like get coffee with some people that I don't know, or like just like to like, you know, give advice or something. Cause I'm just trying to be good and nice. And then you're yeah. right. That's my time that I could have put towards whatever else it is. That said, let me counter this for a second. Mm. What about the idea of needing downtime? Because I know that our kids are over-scheduled. So they play tennis, they play soccer, they do this, they do piano, et cetera, et cetera. And there's moments when that class gets canceled and I say, go just stare at a wall or go pick your nose or go play video games. Do you have downtime? Do you give yourself downtime? Do you ever allow yourself this to, to, to decompress or, the, or will those things that that Chinese psychiatrist told you right. come racing back <laughs> and you jump out the window?
2: That guy nailed it, man. I mean, I'm <laughs> curious to hear how, how your kids handle that, because I, you know, as an elder millennial, I'm quick to blame my parents for everything. And I was very overscheduled growing up, less coming from them, more my own sort of internal perfectionism and mental problems and, and all of that. Uh, that the Chinese psychologist cracked in 30 seconds. But I'm not good with downtime. The minute I have downtime, I freak out. I just finished a big show. At the beginning of March, I did a show where I combined, it's called the Data Science Spectacular, combined data science, comedy, and circus all in one show. And I I did nothing but think about that forever. Or like everything else I was doing was sort of teed up into this. And then it was done. And I said, all right, I'm going to give myself a few days before I keep going on the next thing. And I fell into this insane depression. Some of it's a post-show kind of come down and all of that stuff. But the minute I have free time, if it's more than like an hour, I'm on the floor staring at my phone thinking about what a failure I am. Like I actually can't handle it. And I don't know if that's because I didn't grow up with any skills of go look at a tree and deal with it. Like, are your kids able to handle this? Are you both able to handle downtime? I
0: have a I have a little bit of a hard time with downtime, but but I am also worried about what you just said. I think this mm. whole future generation mm-hmm. is going to have a. I used to, I used to, I remember I used to go to the bathroom. There was no phones. You go to the bathroom. You you either take a magazine or a newspaper with you, or sometimes you'd end up in the bathroom with no with nothing. Yeah, and you just be looking around. And then you would like grab a. A, a toothpaste, and you start reading the back of the toothpaste. I would do that, yeah. <laughs> you are you can't just stare to the yeah. wall while you're taking a dump. You gotta yeah. read something. So yeah. I have a, yeah, I definitely, I mean, every set, when I go to the urinal to pee, I'll mm. reach my phone and I'll mm-hmm. start reading the phone. Like I mm-hmm. can't even give myself 20, 15 seconds, whatever it is, of just peeing and staring at a wall. So, yeah. Definitely, I think there's something to be learned about. Yeah dealing with just downtime and staring into the you know into the spit into space
1: not Moz. or not let's let's be real what will we do in the world if marie <laughs> Curie had downtime or martin luther mm. king had downtime uh, albert einstein everyone these statues are built for people mm. right who never did downtime right what if martin luther king was like you know what I know there's this march, but I just need to chill today, right? Yeah. It it, it (laughs) takes a lot. And it's the sacrifice you make. I'm not saying downtime is wrong. I'm saying it's amazing. It's amazing. But at the same time, it's a balance that you make once you get to the level you need
0: to be, right? I don't know. You have to put in, listen, you obviously put in the time for yourself. But I think, like Andrew just said, she did this amazing show. And the next day she's like, what else? Because you're right, Andrea, like when the phone stops ringing, we just mm-hmm. had a huge show uh, in DC, One of our, you know, it was mm-hmm. a great week, it was successful. And then it's like back home and I had a couple of days of kind of like hanging around and walking the dog and I yeah. was getting nervous because I was like, oh my God, is is money coming in? And do I have any yeah. more jokes? Am I, all that stuff. Yeah, I was like, I'm never going to do like, a
2: show again. What a failure. Like it just, yeah. I mean, That's, I think you both are like, the like angel and devil dancing on my shoulders in like the Tom and Jerry cartoon. One is like, I'm always the time. devil. I'm always yeah. the devil. And you're like, you need a statue. I mean, what you're describing, Tehran as you say it, is like, I think of Steve Jobs, who is probably a bad example because people talk about what a jerk he was to his sure. family. But I they think They do he's,
1: as we all have iPhones, as yeah, everyone has iPhones.
2: As we say this on a Mac. You know, I mean, he's a legend, a giant and all of those things. So it's, I don't know. But I think, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. It's like, one is taking the downtime and having it. We all need to at least sleep. But I guess maybe, you know, what what the question is, is like, if you have downtime and you can't even handle it, is that something to be worried about, right? I mean, Steve Jobs, there must have been a moment that he didn't think about the iPhone. What was he doing in that time? Could he sit alone? Is that where his big ideas came from? Was he wasn't reading the tube of toothpaste? He was looking at the wall and being like, you know, we could put it on a phone. Like, I don't know.
0: Because your brain, by the way, needs that downtime as well, right. because a lot of times something things are happening subconsciously that we're not even aware of. And then right. you go, oh, that's the thing. Right. So I think that we're in a society now, as you said, where we overschedule everybody. My wife and I are constantly going like, you're taking him there. I'll pick her up here. and did six and calendars
2: just, and yeah. Yeah.
0: All these calendars and I'm trying to like, you know, I listen to the news along the way. So at least I'm having a good time mm-hmm. with that, but it's all over the place and. um. I think there's something to be learned. Speaking of jack of all trades, I think the next trade that needs to be learned is how to handle downtime mm. because we can't. And, and then and then there's what I like what you've done. You said that you started doing this this past year is to say it's okay to be okay. And, mm. and what I mean by that is I'm constantly the person telling my son and my daughter when I can, but my son, he plays soccer, club soccer. It's very competitive. Mm. And I'll find quotes that I like, like they say, Bruce Lee said, I'm not afraid of the man who practices 10,000 kicks one time. I'm afraid of the man who practices one kick 10,000 times.
1: Yeah. Mm. I tell
0: my son, Good. I go, you need to find your, you know, take that shot, take that shot, take that shot. Or I just mm-hmm. heard, uh, uh, coach, uh, Krzyzewski, Krzyzewski mm. there was a clip going around of him talking to his Duke team and talking about how he coached the uh um, the 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 uh, olympic team hey. and how he had kobe was on that team and he said kobe was used to being on the lakers where he had to always take three-point shots where he was moving he had to take the sh- three-point shot as he was moving and then he goes i went to kobe i said kobe this team now that you're with is an all-star team and you have lebron james and you have carmelo anthony you're gonna get three-point shots of you just standing and they'll get, you'll get it, you don't have to be mm. moving. And mm. Kobe was like, didn't understand the concept, he goes, until he got the shot in the game, standing, missed it. Mm. So he goes, then Kobe started practicing standing three-point shots. He goes, he, he was in this, in this gym practicing a thousand shots every night to mm-hmm. get that standing three-point shot down. So when I hear things like that, it's so glorified. We glorify this idea of yeah. be the master, be the master, be the master. But we don't glorify at all. It's okay to be okay.
2: Right. Well, one right? thing that I'm I'm thinking about that maybe unites the the two perspectives here that we're talking about, the multiple perspectives, is. Uh, years ago, I was listening to some like NPR story because that's uh, what I do. And it was about people who'd won the MacArthur Genius Award, which is basically this like flat grant to do whatever you want. And you can be an artist, a scientist, whatever. It's just basically like, we think you're awesome. Do whatever you think. And they were studying those people and who had won and where their amazing ideas came from that got them to get this recognition. And one of the things that came up quite a bit was, and who knows if this is right, but one of the things that they said was having time to just think and let your imagination wander was when their best ideas came. So whether it was walking to work or sitting in your car or taking a shower or not reading the toothpaste tube or whatever, that's when their big ideas came up. And of course I was listening to this while walking around and listening to a podcast rather than thinking. But I do try to go out of my way now when I'm like walking to comedy shows. I try, I don't always succeed, to actually not listen to anything and just let my thoughts be because I think if we don't have moments to percolate we're not gonna you can't force it only like you know Kobe Bryant had to stop shooting at some point but more broadly I think you're right that we've we've gotten to a point where if you're not the best in your field it's like why bother and I think that erases a lot of joy from life and so I've been trying to unlearn that quite a bit
1: but while you're having this imagination and this creative thought just remember you're not Having small talk with some random right. person who's like, yes. "Well, what are you doing? How are Let, you doing?" Like, shut up. up. Let yeah. me. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm creating yeah. things that will last forever. Keep yeah. going, Andrea. I want to oh, know.
2: Yeah.
1: What is the? Let's Let's put all the dangerous things together. What's okay. the worst thing? You know, we want to know the train wreck. What's the worst thing that's ever happened? Have you ever had a horrible thing? A horrible like you did burn your. You fell off in like something Mm. just craziness set the whole forest on fire after you were spinning on a uh, on your trapeze with the fire eating and backflip and told a bad joke and then burned (laughs) down the world what happened
2: yeah i mean i've been very lucky that i haven't actually burned myself and i shouldn't laugh about this but because people really do burn themselves but that that hasn't happened the worst and i've been very lucky and i could you know there's stories about mishaps here and there but the one that come my first effort to ever combine all three of my things, and this is going to be more about my own lack of self confidence than anything, I put together a half hour show that was a burlesque, which is like stripping, right? A burlesque sure. lecture on the causes of war, and he's so still I,
1: stripping. Let's let's add some. It's it's like a dance version. It's yes. not like just stripping. It's, it's like not like there's pole
2: a, dance. Club yeah, it's a stripping. sexiness. Yeah, so
1: isn't tasteful. There's a lot of tasteful stripping, depending. Yes. And there's a lot of
2: not tasteful burlesque, but yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was like, I mean, burlesque is often very like, you play a character and so you come out and you say, I'm a nun and I'm this, and then you slowly, not that you can't do that in, in stripping, but that's, it's typically more yeah. of like a- It's a it, show. It's a show, you take on a character, you see an act. And so my act was this 30 minute, I was like, I'm gonna do a one person show. I called it double lives. So professor and performer. And I was like, I'm going to do a lecture of my favorite paper. It's Fearon, 1995, the rationalist explanations for war. It's an amazing paper. You've got to read it. Mm -hmm. And I walked through his logic about why war, the conditions under which war is rational, even though we all generally think that war is bad. It's great. And I was dressed, you know, with like a pencil skirt and a button down and a professor glasses. And over the course of the half hour, the idea was to strip it all off, do some sexy stuff, dance around, do some splits. And I do something called. (laughs) it's obvious what it is, self-stapling, where you take a staple gun and you staple stuff to yourself. And so I did a whole half hour at the Magnet Theater in New York City as part of this like solo run. I invited my parents. They came all the way up from Maryland. My dad brought some like work colleagues. Everyone I knew came to this thing. And it was so bad. It wasn't funny. People didn't know why they were doing it. I was trying to be sexy and like Pretending to do a lap dance on my friend who was nervous and my parents were right there. Like I still can't look my dad's colleagues in the eyes. The whole thing fell apart and it was just a nightmare. Like it was the worst of all worlds. Like the circus made no sense and the sexiness did not land. No one learned the causes of war. And it wasn't funny. Like it just, it was just confusing and it was a mess. And I was like, okay.
0: No, you made it. Never gonna do that again. (laughs) no 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 now see don't judge yourself you were successful because you basically got the point across that war is not funny
2: there you go that was
0: the whole it's performance like, art performance art yeah. that was it it's you awkward. were like this is it's this like is pleasant. such a yeah this is such a disaster that this yeah. is what war is yeah. did you guys is get disaster. what i was <laughs> did you get what i was trying to do when yeah. i stapled that to myself i sent
2: an it's, email to these people this was like eight years ago and i still think about it
1: you think the gulf war you think the gulf war you think George W. could look his father in the face. That's the whole point. You're creating, yeah. you're, you're creating a metaphor, uh, like mm. a metaphor. It's metaphysical. It's actually amazing. Like, this yeah. is what I'm talking about right now.
2: I should have called the whole thing mission accomplished. And yeah. then that would have
1: been it. Boom, <laughs> boom. Eight years later, yeah. the point lands.
0: You yeah. know, Send an email to everybody who was there that day. Go, I hope it, you guys You You Like it. Ukraine, <laughs> you didn't
1: understand.
2: Yeah, nice. Well, and Tehran, to give you maybe something that's slightly more satisfying, there was another time I was sitting on a trapeze holding fire and wearing latex pants, and I realized the fire was burning the trapeze rope, so I quickly moved the fire down to my pants and melted the latex pants all over my legs and had to do a whole act with these like soupy, melting, burning hot pants, and the whole place should have gone down, but somehow it didn't. So I haven't caught on fire, but that was the moment where I was like, I could have actually, it was a packed nightclub, I could have killed everybody. So that's I'm learning, probably more what you were going I'm learning for, that more no and more
0: that, really I'm learning more and more that the key the 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 theme of your life is to just don't do anything with fire like just if you can <laughs> if you can get fire out of your life it really will help things a lot
2: <laughs> I think I think you're right we say this as I'm not that the knives are on fire but there's a a theme well I've done uh, another one that's actually very easy is bed of nails which is the nails that you just lie on And my friend who taught me that told me what I thought was great advice, but maybe you'll disagree. He was like, here's the trick for doing bed of nails. When you lie on it, it totally hurts. You know, It's nails on your back. And he was like, you just have to tell yourself it's just pain. And I was like, is there more to that advice? Like, it's just pain, but no, it's just pain. And so being okay with the fact that like, yeah, it hurts. It's not gonna kill me is how you get through some of these things. And so the circus is very like physical and as long as you're okay with the pain, it's not that, bad. I mean, the fire, it could kill you, but but when you,
0: but when you get up off the bed of nails, do you, do you, have, do you have little cuts yeah. on your back? Yeah. You're crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, it's also, there's a lot of lessons here, right? There's a lot of the concepts. Like I even say, let's say I'm walking. I remember one time I'm walking with my, uh, my youngest sister and she's like, Oh, it's so cold. I'm like, yeah, I know. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's so cold. So cold. Mm-hmm. It's like, saying it's cold, isn't making it warmer. Let's just Mm -hmm. do what we have to do. And it doesn't matter. We can get through this, but did you die? Right. Right. And that, that mentality, once you get that, but did you die mentality? You can almost overcome anything, right? You can overcome and achieve. Yeah. It's actually, there's a component that is your downtime. That's the thing. There is a solace in excellence. There is a solace. Like a lot of people think there's a solace in doing nothingness. But mm-hmm. there can be a huge comfort and relaxation from doing somethingness mm-hmm. and going to Maz's point of when we perform. And this is the ups and downs that humanity isn't built for, right? The average person's life is just a timeline. They think it's a roller coaster. It is not. Your, your life goes up a little, goes down a little, goes up a little. It's not. It's really not. We create our own roller coaster. But yeah. the truth is for a performer, when Rihanna performs for 100,000 people on Sunday, on Monday, she just feeding her cat. You know what kind of ups and down emotionally that is the highs and lows. That's why a lot of performers have to be super mentally strong, or we've seen so many mental breaks. That's why you get the shaving of your head and the going to court to fight your dads, right? Because you have these extreme highs and lows, which the average person is not built to built to handle. And that's why you have to build yourself to be the above average person. Why wouldn't everyone want to be the best them that they could do? You're literally doing all the things that everyone goes, man, that I wish I could do. Oh man, that's so crazy. I I wish I could do. You can just do it.
2: Right. No, I think you, you must get this all the time. When people hear about stand-up in particular, if they're not already comics, they're like, I could never do it. That seems so scary. Yeah, but and they
1: could never do it. Let's be honest. I've seen yeah. the, the opposite with stand-up because people go, oh, I'm really, I could do it. And you're like, oh, no. please don't. This is I was not about to say think.
2: anyone who thinks they could do stand-up probably can't, but I was yeah. like, mm, there's some selection problems there. So i that That's the real aside. thing.
1: I'll say but, it for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. But but here's, I mean, you to you two, The, I'm setting myself on fire. I'm putting fire in my mouth. I'm lying on a bed of nails. Like that seems, why would you subject yourself to that pain if you don't have to? It's the exact, it's a physical version of the pain that you subject yourselves to every time you go on stage and get all that rejection that we were talking about before. And I don't know if that's like a, is that a masochism that we like to put ourselves through that? Or is it, Teron, I like your, you know, are we putting ourselves on that roller coaster because we're seeking, we know that to get the highs, you need to also be able to weather the lows or whatever, but we're all seeking pain, whether it's, you know, mental or physical, you can't get to this excellence and have these statues without it, so.
0: Well, there's pain, but there's also acceptance. You're you're, see- you're seeking acceptance. You're seeking, when you get that laugh, you're like, oh my yeah. God, they got me. That's my tribe, they're getting yeah. me, this is great. Like, it's almost acceptance. It's almost, you know, if you really wanted to get into the psychology of it, it's, it's probably some level of getting attention that you didn't get as a kid or something yeah. of that sort. You know, yeah. I don't necessarily, go up there seeking pain I'm not because the opposite is you you learn to deal with the pain and that's part right. of that's part of the failure and how to deal with failure right because that the fact is if you're gonna go after anything I think sometimes people don't find what they want to do because they're maybe afraid to try it and not be good at it mm-hmm. but if you go for it um, you're gonna you know you're gonna fail a lot and and then it's like how do I deal with failure so for me for example with, with stand-up comedy I've learned to go, all right, I'm gonna be doing this so much. I'm gonna be doing this five, 10 times a week so that if I have a bad set, there will be another set. There will mm-hmm. be another set. So I never beat myself up over a bad show because I go, another one's coming right in a minute. you know. Um, and so you learn to deal with failure and pain But what you're doing is you're doing multiple things. So that means your failure and pain might be lighting yourself on fire one day, doing a bad performance in front of your parents the other day, maybe, um, you know, uh, uh, trying to teach a class and it's not going quite the way it is, but good for you to allow yourself to do all this stuff. Now, is there anything else that you are? Do you have an itch now for a new thing or are you constantly, are you addicted to like in the the movie, um, Uh, fight club, the Mm. uh, Ed Norton character would go to therapy groups because he was addicted to therapy groups. So he'd go to all these, and he didn't didn't necessarily have whatever ailment was going on, but he just kept going to them. Do you have anything else that you're dying to do? And you're maybe at some point going, wait a minute, I'm just addicted to doing everything that seems cool to me.
2: Mm. I feel a little bit, and maybe this is the the kind of culture that we're steeped in that's driving this. I feel a little bit relieved that it's been a while since like, I've really been like, I got to get into some brand new field. Like I'm not now being like med school, you know? So that's, I think a relief for me as far as just my own time, but I do constantly have the, like, what's the next thing in these fields. So like, should I be doing more podcasting stuff? Should I be going on tour with my mix show? Should I be trying to get, you know, auditioning for TV? Like, there's more I want to do in each of the worlds. And that's where the tension is. Should I go all in on my research? Should I actually run away and like you know, perf- like Soleil? I'm not at that level, but, but it's where the branching off pieces are in those fields that I feel that I haven't, I, I feel constant tension because I'm not as far as I'd like to be in all of those fields. The other thing, and then this is sort of that initial show that was such a good, um, you know, analogy to war, was, is I do want to somehow connect them in some way. And I don't know if that's because I think I should, because of society and our our obsession with the first half of that master of none thing, or because I genuinely want to reconcile in myself, why I'm drawn to these relatively extreme, not related things. So that's a big thing. It's like, what's it all for? I just kind of sound like, I feel like I'm like strolling between three hills and Everest is right there, but I don't know what Everest is.
1: I think you should tour with this JD fear on paper thing. There I thought is. that was great. I was about like, that's to me, that would be extremely interesting. And here's the thing. Moz and I will punch it up for you. We'll come, we'll watch, we'll punch it up because that's what you are you're like. It wasn't as completely entertaining as yeah. it should have been. Yeah. Right. So you're feeling like, Oh, it wasn't this, but that's where you get. And, yeah. and greatness is never alone. You always do need yeah. a team. So That's I'm right. telling you, we'll punch it up for you. Right. got you. Perfect. And good I time. think,
0: I think you, you, it's okay to be okay. And yeah. that doesn't mean you're bad. Yeah. Being okay means you're, you're good at, it. you're putting in the time. I'm not telling no. I'm not saying like, you know, uh, you know, go play, go play, pick up basketball with the best players and just, you know, get, you know, thrown around the court and then go <laughs> yeah. home and be like, well, that was fun. No, this it's going to suck. Yeah, but you put in the time into these different things, and it's okay to be okay.
2: Yeah, man, I got um, I didn't expect this to be such an affirming therapy session. Maybe I yeah, should. We're here
0: for so you. Yeah, this, this you. is great. The Chinese guy is actually on. Let's bring him on right, right now,
1: uh, Doctor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Lee. Um, so yeah. we're going to go now to a segment we call "Back to School" with Andrea Jones, Roy. Fast questions, fast answers. You got it, and. Here we go. And number one, um, were you popular in high school? No. Okay, good enough. Uh,
2: (laughs) Should I I tell you more or is that enough? Yeah.
0: That's enough. What did you want to be in high school? An actor. There you go. What would you tell your high school self if you could tell yourself one thing?
2: You know what you want to do. Other people don't know what you want to do.
0: I say that all the time. Um, What other profession would you do if you could? Movie star. Okay. Do you recommend people get into your profession and why?
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) Academia, you'll get brainwashed into thinking it's the only true thing to do. Circus, you risk death all the time. And it really is hard for your body. And I kind of miss it. It's so physical that I kind of miss being able to sit and read and think. Not that they're not thinking. And comedy, we all know it's it's agony if you don't love it.
0: All right. That's good. You did a great job of not selling any of the professions. (laughs) I want to quit. so now, what did you learn in this episode? Well, I
1: learned a couple lessons this time, actually. I learned that fire and latex don't mix. Yep. Right? I learned I learned that Andrea, uh, everyone thinks that she's running away from something. I just think she's seeking attention. This is attention-seeking yes, behavior. Yes, yes. look, look at her. <laughs> I want to set myself on fire. I want to flip around. I want to be a movie star. Like, just pay attention to Andrea. Just give her attention, people. That is literally what she wants. And then lastly, I learned that concept of confusion is actually, Confucius was right. Pain mm-hmm. is an essential element of life. It just, we need to determine what kind of pain we are willing and wanting to endure. So pain is pleasure. So good for you.
2: Nice.
0: I learned that I'm gonna try possibly with a match to impress my kids by okay. holding it upside down and then putting it in my mouth and you've planted that seed. So if you want if you want to see someone try to eat fire, tell them it's easy. Yeah. You can just do it.
2: <laughs> what are you? Some yeah. kind of wimp? It's nothing. Yeah.
0: Oh gosh. I'll split
2: your hospital bills. Use a big match, because otherwise it'll burn your fingers.
0: Oh God. Okay, forget it. I'm not gonna eat fire. Like a
2: big match.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: not a I'll big send you match, a fire eating torch.
1: I do have your- one last question. Does yeah. your does NYU ever I mean uh, it, Does NYU ever go, hey, we don't really like that you do all these other things? Mm. Because I could see that coming up to play, especially with the cabaret aspect and things of that nature. Sometimes, I mean, thankfully, NYU is a very progressive school.
2: Right. I am very lucky in that, and this kind of goes back to where I started with, there's a lot of privilege and bargaining power behind this, in that I left academia to do comedy and circus full time, realized I missed academia, went back. At the time I was going back, I was a little bit on the fence. And so I did that thing where I went out of my way to say, by the way, I'm just coming from a trapeze class. I wasn't like, look at my Instagram. I was just being honest. And they said, yeah, cool, do whatever you want. And so I'm very lucky that they're quite supportive. I don't rub it in their faces, but my big data science spectacular show, I invited the director of the Center for Data Science here at NYU, and she came and sat in the front row. And that's amazing. I haven't been fired yet. So yeah. I worry more. It's when my students wander into comedy shows and circus shows that I get more nervous. My, I'm very lucky that NYU is pretty okay with it.
1: That's amazing. And also Previous the,
2: institutions, not so, which is one of the reasons I left. I had to like hide my Instagram and pretend I was places. I wasn't. All
1: exactly. A trapeze artist, by the way, is more likely to get you into Harvard nowadays as having that extracurricular activity. That's a truthful thing. I should have like, gone hey, to Harvard.
2: Yeah.
1: That sounds like something you would do.
2: Perfect. Well, listen,
0: yeah. Andrea Jones Roy, the, the podcast is called majoring and everything. That's right. And your Instagram is what?
2: At Jones Roy, J-O-N-E-S-R-O-O-Y.
0: At Jones Roy, you are definitely one of the most interesting professors that's out there. People got to find you. They got to be inspired by you and they got to realize it's okay to be okay, baby.
2: It's okay. Yes.
0: Hey, baby, but also okay we
2: got to get those statues. So both.
0: <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be mediocre. Be right. okay and right. get that statue right uh i want to thank you for coming on back to school with maz jobrani
1: back to school. Yeah.
0: thank you for listening to another episode of back to school with maz jobrani we hope you're enjoying it we hope you're having fun and we hope you're learning something so make sure to let your friends know share it on itunes share the clips from youtube just get it out there however you